All right. I think John might. He said he might hop in too for a little bit. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. So, so any ideas? You are. You're Luke. I'm Luke. You're Pete. Are you are you Lukey? Yeah, I'm Lukey. You're Lukey, and then there's Luke Thompson, who's Luke. Yes. OG. The one of OG farm. Luke. Oh, Abigail's Luke here. It's a party. These random things are starting to get better and better. I need to figure out that live stream thing at some point. But this is great. Hey, Abigail. Hi, Abigail. You know, Luke, this is Peter, Pete, whichever you want to call him, I guess. Whatever you want to call me, Pete, Peter. Whatever you want to call me. Don't mind me over here just grilling up the bagel because I'm hungry. Did you say grilling? Yeah. Grilling, yeah. Did you ever grill a bagel? <laughs> I like on a charcoal grill. No, no, grilling like grilling with butter. Is this a is this a dialectical thing? Like a dialect thing? Like charbroiled vocabulary? A regional. Di- I like how your mind went to charcoal grill. What do you what do you call cooking something with butter on a on a stovetop like pan? Like a pan seared pan seared bagel. Is that what you'd call it? Seared <laughs> bagel. I, I call it a grilled bagel, grilled with butter. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know what I call it. <laughs> this I is amazing. It, I love this, this. I wouldn't call it grilling. Like that wouldn't be the first thing. So how are you doing, Abigail? Good. Just, just sad movie. So I'm, I'm, happy to be distracted. You watched a sad movie or you were sad moving? Oh, no. I watched a sad movie. Oh. It had a sad ending and I don't like that. Oh, what was it? Yeah. Oh, it was about like Elizabeth Bishop and uh, what is it called? Reach for the Moon or something like that. What? Mm-hmm. You want to spoil it for me? Oh, it's just that the people who are in love break, like, fall out of love and it's depressing. It's, it's John Bell, the elusive John Bell. Dr. John Bell yeah. now. Forgot. He got his, whatever you call it, which yeah. thingy from school. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, good evening, everybody. What's Have up, you... Luke? Hi, John. Long time no see, man. Good to see you again. See you Congratulations too. on that PH Dizzle. Thanks. Thank you much. It was a long time coming. Glad to be done. You've met Abigail, right? No. Okay. This is my cousin John. This is... Oh, nice to meet you. North Face. Nice to meet you. Very nice. Very nice. I used to work at the North Face. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it was just a retail like store. Was that when you were in Washington? That seems like a Washington I... thing, not a Michigan. No, thing. but I, I worked for Vans on uh, skate shoes. I was like a retail supervisor at a Vans store which is owned by vf corporation which also owns north face so i transferred actually from vans to north face well you look the part you look outdoorsy enough thank you yeah yeah that's where i met my wife too we she was my coworker. <laughs> that's cool yeah so don't let me interrupt. No, we we didn't me. really start anything yet. I just hit record because I was really interested with Peter's you know iPad that follows him around everywhere. Oh yeah, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> the AI in this thing. 
wait, what? How is weird. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It's not really an iPad following him though. No, it that's is. what he said. He said it was a new iPad, and it like the camera follows Peter, him around. Oh, the camera. Peter follows has him. an entire <laughs> film crew in his in his <laughs> kitchen, just like. <laughs> How to grill the bagel? Yeah, he's I grilling a bagel right now. That bagel's got a life of its own. The, the focus for the bagel, actually. Oh my gosh! Where is Peter? Where is he? Can't find him. Oh, do you guys have any topics tonight? Tonight's a full moon. That's one thing. Oh, I don't know what that means. Spooky. What is more complicated? Yeah, the moon looks really nice. What is more complicated to um, produce or or bake, a bagel or a donut? <laughs> to create, like from scratch. Yeah, like wh- how early do you have to wake up earlier for one over the other? I just know bakers uh, have to wake up like really early. I think bagels you need the sourdough going, that kind of stuff, which whatever that takes, and then bagels. I think it's pretty probably simple actually. Pretty simple dough mixture that you can just deep fry. Make like those classic. You know, I've never done it, but from my very limited expertise. That so John, John Bell. Yeah. And Abigail, nice to meet you, Abigail. Yeah. I'm in. I'm you? in your What's single chat, Peter. I just don't really ever say anything. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've taken that over. Yeah, you kind of have. That's okay. Force, every, force everybody to have conversations that they don't want to have. I've I've really enjoyed your presence. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. I've enjoyed being on there too. It's I'm learning a lot for sure. Yeah. Is that? Oh, that's a cat. I didn't know if that was Ember at first. Kitty. This is. This is Bones. 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 Nice. Luke, I liked the the story that you shared today about your church out in Washington. Oh, oh, yeah. sounded pretty crazy. So, John, yeah, you're was... not participating, but you're listening. Yeah, I catch up. I listen. It's just creeping. Oh, nice. I just, I just kind of lurk. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I, I love that. I, I love that because it's like you might know so many things now about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. You know what? I really, I really like to put a face to everybody that's in the chat because it's a lot of mysteries. You know, there was a Luke and then there's a Lukey and then there's a Mitch and then there's a Jason. Obviously, I met Jason kind of over Zoom and then Cal's interacted over with over Zoom. This is my first time seeing Luke in the flesh. And John, apparently, you've been there lurking in the background. Yep, yep. Most of the time, honestly, my I I don't know if you guys have ever felt like this, but like I mean, like Luke said, I was finishing a PhD. And most of the time, I've actually felt like my brain is at capacity. And so I feel oh, I like I you. can't really think about anything else very hard. That's kind of how it's been for me for the past couple of months. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, just like brain fatigue or or it's just full, like the tank is full. Yeah, you know, Luke, this is off topic, but I'm thinking maybe you could call it a griddled bagel. Would that make sense? A griddled bagel? <laughs> I when I think of a griddle, that's the kind of um, hot plate that would leave lines in the bottom of. But I'm thinking like a, like a McGriddle, you know, McGriddles. That's food. But a McGriddle has syrup 
That's what I'm saying. It's cooked a, does, that, does that mean it's cooked in a griddle or does that mean it's there's something griddle about it? I think it's because you make eggs on a griddle to make them flat like that. What's I think the it's the cooking game? method. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of my wife. Oh. Hello. Like say hello. Some, Jason, are you able to see uh, the full moon? Random people from all over the state. I can't see it from here, actually. That's Jason. You listened to him yeah. on the podcast. It was it's the me. first episode. Hey. Oh, you, can't, you can't hear you because I, I have headphones in. I like, I like how the camera's like automatically zooming in on there, it, too. It knows. <laughs> Recognize the face. What is this? Oh, anyway. Right. It's going to follow you into the bathroom. Be careful. Yeah, I know. It goes around corners. Yeah. It levitates and follows me on a, like a <laughs> swivel or something. So these new iPads. If you wake you. up and it, look at that. You wake up and it's watching you. you sleep zooms or something. in on me. It's creepy. Hey, <laughs> is this the conversation that we were gonna have about dogs and cats? Oh, we could do that right now since you got a cat on you. So let's do it. We Abigail, we had planned to talk about at some point uh basically Dogs and cats. It's just the, the symbolism or the benefits and downfalls of dogs and cats. Because there's cat people and dog people. And so there's a, there's a great divide. Cats. Cats, you're a cat person. Cats. Not me. Well, <laughs> I don't I dislike tell, them, but go ahead. Can I tell my story with, um, I grew up with a sister who was like deathly allergic to um almost everything in the world mm. but uh cats and dogs were we we could not have them in our house due to the dander i did have a hamster which had dander but <laughs> an, animal dander in general so if it had skin and fur you, we couldn't have it in, in the house i could have lizards wasn't allowed to have snakes because Satan and Satan um, is that what you said? Yeah. And, yeah. The usual. And um, but I had all sorts of other things, like anything from like a new fiddler crab, love tropical fish, bearded, like just tons of different animals growing up. My room was full of terrariums and glowed. Um in fact, I remember when one of my anolis escaped and I had to sleep with my door closed because I slept with my door open every single night comfort there but all that to say is when I moved away to Washington when I was 18 I immediately um got uh, my first cat and then ended up with three cats uh within three years and then when I left Spokane um the <laughs> I had tried to rehouse these cats because it was like, what was I going to do? Bring them with me on a string? Like, like, <laughs> like, string? I, I know, I literally like in my little Honda Civic and then like at a rest stop, just like, do they, do they float? Away. Like, why are they on a string? Here? <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> my, my thought was being at a rest stop and having them like, like on, on a leash. Okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> string made me think of balloon too, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. But, Go ahead. This is a serious story. Yeah. 
yeah, I ended up leaving one, which was kind of like a feral cat that I would allow inside. And his name was Jason. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Are you messing? <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I can show you pictures of him. Um, Please do. Honestly, the most majestic cat. It, it, um, of course he is. Yeah, but it had, uh, the cat had like uh, dreadlocks and stuff. And it... Um, also had ringworm and he, he would and i le- allowed the cat like the cat would come in and out of the house but also you i knew that it was getting um cuddles and love elsewhere and i'm i'm saying that to preface that the reasoning why i ended up leaving that cat at the residence that i uh left like it was it was on the porch when I left to drive back to Michigan with, and, and I was just trusting that like this cat would be all right. So I, I, that I, I guess I'm an animal abandoner. No, it's all right. He's a Jason. Uh, He'll make it. Yeah. Yes. It's like he's got, all, he's got all the qualities of Jason, you know, dreadlocks. There's a majestic ringworm. Ringworm. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's a permanent illustration in there somewhere. Who knows? I think so. Man. Cats are cats are I'm sure he'd find someone to go. Question, do you some... guys have do you guys have polar seltzer? You do? do. I've seen that before, yeah. Um I don't you know think I've ever produced? bought it, but no, where is it? Right down the street from me. Really? In Worcester, Mass. Yep. Ah, Where they make it. I get it fresh from the factory. Good stuff. 10 out of 10 recommend. So do you still feel bad about that or something, Luke? Or do you? (laughs) Yeah, I think about it all the time. That's really sad. um, I rehoused the other two. One one of my cats had a cleft palate. And there was a hole um, in the stairwell that I, at the top of the stairwell, and the cat that had a cleft palate um, that was, that was, so I had Jason, Lil Tyson, and Lil Topher. And those <laughs> Sorry, it's hard for me not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are it's great. And little Lil Tyson, he fell into the stairwell. And so he was stuck inside the drywall in this empty area, but it was like sealed. He wasn't going to be able to find that hole up at the top of the steps, which I don't know how that hole got there. We were we abused that apartment. I did not get my damage deposit back. In fact, I almost burnt down the entire backyard. Um, literally the day before I left Spokane, I had like three fire trucks and several like fire marshals in my backyard, uh, and at least a third of the backyard was black charred. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. I ended up taking a pipe wrench and smashing in the wall to get my cat out of uh that that stairwell you're a hero 
but um you know like when you why i'm glad it was just like a really poorly constructed duplex but um yeah i don't know how i got away with some So this is just confession. This is just confession. <laughs> I know I'm not sure where to go. Where to go with that, Abigail? I really like your blackout poetry. Uh, even just that concept. I watching that uh, stream. Was it with Grail Country? Yeah. That was that was cool, and it made me want to do that. It, the reason why it was so cool was because you were doing it with those books mm -hmm. that you otherwise had had, what was it? Like they were the books that informed your conscious as a young person in potentially the wrong direction or, or I don't know how you'd say. Yeah, it. they're just like half, there's some good stuff and there's some really bad stuff. And like, there's one on modesty that I have that's just, <laughs> And I did that whole one. And it's it's really amazing. Like, I love this now because it's super easy to do. It's not like intimidating. Anybody can do it. And it really shows how you don't have to just take whatever people say. Like, and it also illuminates, I think, how anything that we hear, you always filter it in some way and choose what to listen to and what resonates with you and stuff. And like that's legitimate, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it's really what, sad. So what is it? I think I missed that part of the conversation. I was so working while it was going on. Yeah, um, I started doing, because my sister was doing it, started doing like blackout poetry. Um, what is that exactly? So it's know. like, I take, you take the page or whatever, and then just like take a selection of it. Oh, okay. Black out the rest or I call it highlight poetry sometimes. But yeah, like there's one about, I mean, th this book has some stuff in it that's like, if this gives you a low, horrible opinion of yourself, it's from God. Anything that makes you like yourself is from the devil and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So I just- And that's Tozer? Yeah, yeah, that's Tozer. I've heard the name, I haven't read any of stuff. You know, well, you... it's like Protestant mysticism. It's very interesting. Yeah, I um, the pursuit of God. I know I had, isn't I forget which ones are. There's two really famous Tozer books, and I think I have both of them still on my shelf. Huh. Maybe, I'll have to, maybe I'll have to destroy them with the sharpie. It's really satisfying because I get, I get intimidated like by other people's perspectives and especially people with like authority and influence. But usually, well, I think always what I make out of it, it certainly is better for me than whatever you were coming up with originally. It's very... I need to backtrack to what you just said. Like, I resonate with that so much. Like that intimidation. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, at a, like that, I would say that 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 comparison that I might have, um, you know, I guess my one of my own personality faults in general is is comparison to anybody mm -hmm. else, you know, mm -hmm. constantly, constantly. Oh, yeah. 
analyzing myself not from an introspective place but like externalizing um like who <laughs> like taking on everybody else's uh opinion like it's like i could be pretty confident and say something and think that like i know it and then somebody will <laughs> counter what i say um. and i and i and if i have any sort of like respect for that person or reverence for that person which pretty much because I have such low reverence for myself it's like that's anybody <laughs> and, uh, and I will just like shrink you know and be like okay like yeah they're they're most likely right and I'm just at, I'm there's there's no way that uh, I could be correct or, or that what I think is even even if I'm following my intuition so um yeah that's just really interesting so. yeah what helped what helps me a lot with that is realizing more and more that I can decide what like I believe for myself and I don't have to be universally right but because I mean even like in some things it's definitely personal like your favorite food or like which people you like and want to hang out with that you don't have to be like right about that it's just it's what you know works for you and expanding that sphere of stuff that I just have to figure out for myself and if other people agree then great has helped a lot because then I'm like I only have to worry about my opinion but also not to let another person tell me what is right for me because they don't know and even if people are saying even if people are saying stuff that is like true it's almost always from a different perspective and then it could sound wrong yeah in your own words yeah well, I, I i like that because like at some point i did reach a boiling point where i was just like here i am just like you know take taking the advice of all these other people right yeah. or, or basically allowing them to inform me uh and basically alter who i am and specifically like my emotional state and all that stuff and like i'm just following their whim you know <laughs> and and I remember like at, at whatever point it was where I realized that like that fa that that human fallibility was just like across the board, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was just like, we're, we're really just all on this. I haven't even... that one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm still sort of wrestling with it. But when it was like, but it was just like, okay, I can't trust anybody. There's, no, there's not a single there's not a single voice out there and I don't care who it is like unless and, and it really came to this epistemic like 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 this point like unless it, the the person that I'm going to trust is going to be the person that's like gone to the other side and seen the other side and like um because like the epistemic limit in my head is death and so it's like it, and then that was like revelatory to me because it was like, okay, who do I know that's died and 
uh, seeing the other side and actually come back to inform me of what that, what that is, you know, and it was like, okay, that's Jesus. And so it was like, okay, where's, who has, who holds epistemic authority in my head? It's like the one who's encountered death and, and defeated it. And like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I guess I ignore some stuff. I probably ignore some stuff that Jesus said too, but yeah, I, <laughs> but there are certain, there's like, there's like one person I trust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One person. I'm, I'm, I'm curious who that would be. Mm, not <laughs> they probably don't know who they are. <laughs> I'd probably need to be initiated to know anyways. I think you would only trust somebody that like you can trust them with yourself completely because everybody yeah, like everyone has their own world and perspective and heart and like yeah like the cliche that like what works for one person and doesn't work for another person and stuff like that sure that's certainly true and I don't, yeah, the, I don't like at all in like religion if people use that to bully it or like to use authority in that way of, for, of authoritatively imposing a, like a certain view. Coercion. Coercion is the word. Coercion. Yeah. 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 And then that has like such a weight, even though pretty much every Christian or even Christian priest or minister or whatever has is different and they're just as much a person with their individual I mean look at Pierre Teilhard de Chardin versus like I don't know I don't know those are it's it's a wide range always always yeah that is certainly true So where are we headed? Death, the epistemic limit. <laughs> well, yeah, we're approaching it. I guess let's like let's start with the Bible. Is there any mention of cats in the Bible? Cat. <laughs> <laughs> were they a thing? No, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of dogs. That's for sure. Out in hell. <laughs> what about the Sphinx? Peter's a cat oh. person. Lion. Sphinx. Yeah, why are cats um, worshipped more often? Or are they? Cats were definitely an item of, of idolatry for sure in the ancient world. Are they, is Norse mythology, do they worship dogs more maybe? Like wolves or something maybe? I don't know many. I can't think of many scenarios where dogs are actually worshipped. They are usually <laughs> kind of the scum. You know what? Where this could go is more metaphorically. And we could talk about what are some characteristics of dogs and characteristics of cats and how do those correlate with what would you call works of the spirit versus works of the flesh you know fruit of the spirit versus fruit of the flesh which one is more spiritual a dog or a cat cat you know you're biased you know, <laughs> the only i'll be i'll be honest and say I, I recognize my bias as a cat person, but from a good start, starting point, 
I will recognize this one weakness with cats is their individualism that, you know, doesn't really track with the spirit. You know, the spirit's very communal. Cats aren't very communal. Well, at least maybe they are in the wild. I mean, they are in the wild, right? Big cats. Domestic cats, we've kind of forced them to be our slaves, so yeah, I have no choice. There's cats in the Bible right there. The, the Lion of Judah. There you go. We worship a cat. Strike one. Uh, one, one for cats. We got, can we get a scoreboard? Can you do one of those drawing things? Oh, how do we? John, you can do this. You know, you have the paint, the power of paint. Oh, yeah. Here we go. The scoreboard. Oh, my. I'm really excited to see this. The last picture I saw John paint was on Microsoft Paint, was it? I don't know. I think I've only <laughs> ever done that once. I think so. Oh, you should, the, the triangle thing was pretty cool too. When you did the, the what, what were we doing? Were the, the shape conversation? We were just talking so about if you were a, if you were a demon, what sort of a shape would you not want to be trapped in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because supposedly when you can summon spirits, if you summon them into a triangle, it like, you can get them to do your bidding easier or something like that. And I was thinking, I don't want to be trapped in a triangle. I'd much rather be in a square where a circle would be nice. I agree. That's really interesting. So that resonates with like the idea that like ghosts can't hide in a house with rounded corners. What? So, like, I didn't know this. That, I didn't know that either. Really? We're taking a turn away from cats right now. This is, this is pretty interesting. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, when I think of cats, I, I think so you like, want. Sorry, go ahead. There's something ghostly about cats. Um, maybe it's just because I've seen a lot of mangy ones that are like skin and bones or approaching their death. But, but that's also because like, okay, so we take care of feral cats. That was like the first, um, I actually, I should say, uh, Man, I'm skipping around. Sorry, the ADHD is just all over the place. But um, when I we moved into this house, there was um, these uh, ladies, Cheryl. She owns Cheryl's Ferals. Cheryl's Ferals feeds Ferals in my neighborhood. I'm sorry, this is so hard. <laughs> I'm not being serious, but like the cat named Jason, Cheryl Sparrows, <laughs> the, the hamster dander, like what's happening? The hamster dander might be my favorite part right now. I don't know why. But uh, these cats, they were being fed by Maggie, my neighbor, Maggie and Dante. They live behind me. They took care of the ferals, but then they moved. And so then the Cheryl asked if I would be willing to take cats into my garage and she has like these boxes that she puts straw in and then and then and then I had like six of them stacked up in my garage for like two years and I would help them by feeding them twice a week and then they'd be up they'd be on they'd be feeding them on all the off days and they would pay for the food and all I had to do was go out there and feed them and make sure they had water and um yeah there was like six of them at that time living in my garage and then I wanted to turn my garage into a workshop a few months ago and I told him I was like I'm buttoning this whole thing up like putting a garage door on uh I am willing to build like a makeshift shelter out here for them and so I did that 
and they were pretty upset about it. But I was like, dude, this is my garage. But also, really, is it? Yeah, it's been there way longer than I have. So I don't know. When I think about all of it, I'm completely torn and perplexed. But uh, I did. I, w I just went with my gut, kicked them out. But they, they've been kicked out their whole life. Cats are not related to ghosts. But <laughs> the idea that a demon can be trapped inside a triangle just like made sense to me and i felt like it related to the geom geometry of a the rigid geometry of a corner versus like the smooth the smooth uh that can i still call that geometry the round over of um a house without corners so like supposedly if you have rounded um all the edges in in your house or the contours in your house um ghosts can't hide there at least that's that's what I've heard my whole life. That's interesting. Would a cat enjoy a roundhouse? Yeah, probably not as much. I feel like they like little dark corners to hide mm -hmm. in, kind of like ghosts. It's weird. If you drop a ghost in a cat, like the like the swine, like the whatever drop. The trap a ghost in a cat. So if you cast out <laughs> a demon. From a person, you can put it in an animal. And in if a cat? the cat, if the cat's close by, I think the cat would just absorb it. You would notice no difference in the cat. <laughs> I completely agree. Probably, <laughs> probably. All right, so all right, so I I was just doing a little research and um, just like to have my Bible app, just typed in cats, and guess what? Nothing came up. At least in the ESV version, there's no mention of cats. But then I typed in lions. So there's a lot on lions. Let's start in Genesis. Okay, Genesis 49.9. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stoops down. Judah is my lion's cub. I think there's another point for cats. You know. Just because they're in the Bible? Well, yeah, it's not a bad thing. No, know. no, Judah. Judah is a good connotation. That's, that's the tribe of Judah. That's where Jesus comes from, right? Mm -hmm. right? In Proverbs, it says they're, they're mighty among beasts. I think they're kind of like a, I mean, what, like top of the food chain. So I think they're, they're, they're like yeah. a devouring beast. Like I think the, doesn't uh, the king of Babylon also get uh, related referred to as a lion i think like the lion's gonna come and destroy judah or something like that it's kind aslan. of like the king of kings aslan yeah i don't know i don't have a whole lot to say about cats um i don't know i've never i owned one when i was little but i didn't it was kind of an outside cat and then he he killed i think it was my grandma's cat i think it was nan's cat then he left and that's all that's my experience of them my mom has a cat but i don't i don't know it's nice she kind of keeps to herself listen to this quote this is something else second samuel seventeen ten. then even the valiant man whose heart is like the heart of a lion will utterly melt wow hearts uh 
you know, cats are prideful. I'll give that to dogs. Cats are prideful. Okay. Their hearts need to be melted. They, they literally call a, um, what is it? A lion. Cats meow? No, I don't know. No, a, a pride. A pride of Oh, lions. yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. Like, that, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Leo's and, like, the astrological sign, um, which is associated with pride and arrogance and whatever, almost like a machismo sort of. I'm a Leo, so I don't know. Yeah, are so you? am I. What? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you July? Are you late July or early August? Early August. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, uh, that's wild. My son, who's named Sonny, he's a Leo too. Which is then I'm like, okay, then I'm, then also there's like the pride, the sun. Also, does do lions remind you of the sun? They definitely remind me of the sun. Yeah, the mane, the shape. Yeah, yeah the color. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll give it. I'll give you that. The shape. Lions also, are like the sun, and cats are like ghosts. Like little house cats are like ghosts, demons. Yeah, I was gonna say lions are lions have are more of used as more of a masculine imagery, and then cats. The cats are like the feminine, so it's weird. Yeah. They're both cats. That's true. Even though I will say, even in a lion's pride, which I believe is led by the male, female is the notorious hunter. Yeah. That's, so the cliche isn't really, it's just like a, the symbolism of it. There was this funny meme that I saw that was like poking fun at the like alpha male people who will use lions and wolves as examples of the alpha male they were like in reality we should do them biologically accurate and they show this picture of this wolf and he's like i have to live in a group with all my friends or else it will get sad <laughs> and the lion one was like i love and support my friends so much <laughs> that's awesome oh. so what is the purpose of a of a house cat is it just companionship you can't put them to work that is a good question like dogs you could put to work oh you some great because really you can't oh my gosh well you don't control them but they eat the, the, for me i, for, I personally mouse. love oh they eat mice yeah that's true yeah yeah why didn't i think of that but that's how really much good. of that but how much of that is actually putting it to work though you're right but that's a use for you know? like that's why you would have one to, to keep the what is it it's a preventative uh, the, measure. The uh, the creeping thing. I will tell you, last house. last spring, last spring I got broken into by mice. They broke into my kitchen, and my cat killed one. I, it was the first time she had ever killed anything. She's a pretty domesticated cat. I was, was really it? impressed with her. It was a mouse. mouse. Oh, yeah, that's good. Came up through cat. through my garage, underneath my kitchen, like behind my uh, stove. So I had to open, hold the stove out, put some spray foam in there, like. And, uh, you know, wire, what's that wire? So steel wire stuff, whatever it's called. Steel. Wow. And when I lived in Fall River, which was a really crappy city, I uh, had a really crappy apartment. My cat also protected us from mice breaking in there. So my cat's been pretty good and loyal, and she's super cuddly. And I finally figured out the litter box situation. That's the hardest part. Cats can be really picky about their litter boxes. Oh, my goodness. Has to be a certain way where they pee on the floor. 
Oh my Do they, God. is that vindictive? I've heard they can be vindictive in that. Like they can get yeah. mad so at you. I, I'm vindictive back and I spray the whole area with like a ton of bleach and like peppermint spray and just, we get at each other. It's, it's a playful, <laughs> but relationship, you know. I think you became the mouse in that scenario, playing cat and mouse. <laughs> we totally are. And she plays me, she communicates as well. She goes, wow, wow, like tries to get me to go downstairs and feed her. She like stands there. She's like, she's like this. Give me the reaction. She's like, she'll, she'll run out. She's like, <laughs> then I come follow her and she runs alongside me. Like, we walk downstairs. Like, okay, let's get the food. She runs the oh. roost. She knows how to, she communicates really well, though, her cat. She's a very social cat. All right, Loves the so cuddle. That all seems nice, but Jason, you asked like, what is the purpose of a cat companionship? And I feel like if I you're comparing, you. if you're comparing the companionship between a dog and a cat, there's no contest. <laughs> that's how I feel, but that's how I'm I a dog too. person. I'm a little biased, so. Well, the, the man's dog, best I mean, friend. Let's, let's look at the facts, right? I'm gonna well, Jason is a widower. Jason's a widower of a dog wife, so. Yeah. Have- my dog was not good at catching mice. I did, I did pull out my oven one time. I pulled out the drawer and there was a mouse like on the ledge of it, you know, the bottom drawer. And just this little mouse was sitting there and my dog was laying there and Verona's face, it just went like right in front of her. And then she like, there was this, you know, that split second where they both are so freaked out, they don't know what to do. So they're just yep. looking at each other like, like this close. And then all of a sudden she just tried to get it and it took off. But there was a time <laughs> she did eat a chocolate mouse up at Uncle Mark's cabin because a mouse got into his hot chocolate. And I so remember, we opened it up. I remember that. Yeah, she she ate that chocolate mouse. It probably wasn't very good for her. <laughs> probably not. Chocolate's <laughs> not good for dogs, but whatever. Um, it's a cool trick. Like so there was loop. there was one time, uh, my family used to go down to Florida for vacation every year. That was kind of like the thing we did to go visit family. I'm originally from South Carolina, and there was one time we were coming back, and I was probably like twelve or thirteen. We were coming back and we had cats in the house and we always had our neighbor come over like every other day and feed them and stuff. And they'd go outside and do their thing. And it was my birthday. I think I was probably 13. And we pulled up and I remember running inside the house and looking for the cat because we had a mom cat and like six kittens at the time and looking for them and they were nowhere to be found. And so I was kind of walking back to my room and I found the arm of a cat just like laying in the hallway, like a little kitten's arm. And then as we walked around the house, yeah, this is real. As we walked around the house, we found little appendages everywhere. And the mom had snapped and had murdered all of her babies and kind of dismembered them and spread their parts evenly around the area that she lived. Uh, So they eat their own, man. Cats are kind of crazy for that reason. I'm throwing my hat in the ring for for dogs. <laughs> I'll admit that's a big L. It's a big L for cats. It's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Do you spread its parts around the house? Like were they to circle? How creepy I, would that have been? I don't. I recall my parents telling me they must have looked it up or something, saying that that's uh, like when when cats feel threatened, they can like eat their own to prevent them from dying in a way they don't want them to or something like that i don't really know oh Oh. that's really interesting because i i sense that cats um i guess don't have a record of right or right or wrong um 
there's not really, uh, I don't know if they operate within a binary of good and evil. Um, but huh. dogs definitely do. Like dogs are pretty judgmental. Are they? Um, I would have felt like the opposite. I guess, no, I guess it goes both ways. But. Well, I mean, they are, they can be super loyal. And if they know you, um, but like, for instance, I didn't have a relationship with the dog for a long time. And I had some weird interactions with dogs. And for a long time there too, when, you know, like, I wondered too, if like the dog, I felt like a dog, like dogs could, like, I remember one dog and I remember being in like, uh college and it felt like well i did get attacked by a german shepherd at a wedding so like there's a lot of little anecdotes in here i could tell you but there's <laughs> that dog i felt like the dog could see my soul and see like um like i like maybe even like evaluate who i was as a person and and uh maybe understand that my heart at certain times in my at, at that specific time of my life was just not pure you know and like I felt like that dog knew every secret I had and um yeah and it didn't like me that's interesting yeah I can't see a cat doing that really a cat would probably like you more yeah a, a cat just wouldn't differentiate. Be yeah. usually the worst person in the world. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I will yeah, admit, I cats are cats are rather hedonistic. I, I'd, I'd um, venture to say, whereas dogs tend to be more communal, collectivist, and loyal. They seem to have more virtue to them. I'll admit that. Um, but I'd say, like intellectually, dogs are really dumb. In my opinion, I think a lot of them are like, uh, like really pretty. I I always think of them like autistic children for some reason. Like they just come up and like touch you inappropriately. They sniff your crotch and like just do like socially inappropriate stuff. They're just not supposed to. But my pet peeve is when a dog comes in and sniffs my crotch. Hate that. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. That's a lot social to unpack. Bubble. <laughs> so what, John? I said that's a lot to unpack. There's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. First off, I hate to say it, but if you know your crotch wasn't smelling like something, they probably wouldn't sniff it all the time. <laughs> that's true. Um, I think I agree with you though, Luke. It seems like dogs definitely work more in a in a binary of good and evil, and cats act purely out of self-preservation. Um, there are very few animals that I actually think can probably assess right and wrong, but dogs are one of them. I don't know that much about animals. I know there's some really smart ones out there. Like I know octopi and squid are incredibly smart. Yeah. Um, monkeys. Yeah. It's hard yeah. for me to say how smart cats are because they, and maybe they're too smart or something because I don't think you can really train them. I guess you could. You can to some degree, but not quite like a dog, I guess. No, I think it's all self-preservation. But... Like you'll have a really nice cat if you have set up a world that's nice for the cat, right? It'll use the litter box if it's in a way that it likes. Uh, it'll respond well if you've given it a home. And then 
you know, once it decides it doesn't like you and it's not, you're not the best fit for it, it'll turn on you and become super mean towards you, right? It rip apart your children, <laughs> spread them throughout the house. It'll rip apart its own <laughs> children, yeah. Um, uh, that doesn't scream, like, that it has any inclination of right and wrong to me. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, dogs dogs aren't always their best parents or whatever, you know, uh, with their puppies either. Um, but I think it's just usually most scenarios it might just often be the runt that they're mean to and they usually take care of the rest of them but for some reason it seems like there's usually in the litter there's one puppy that the mother doesn't like for some reason i don't know why um which is really kind of sad but it tends to happen but i'm with you i think i don't know i do think they can assess uh yeah i guess good and evil more um that's interesting Jason, you said you, I remember you would say you had a few times where you'd be out walking late at night and you'd get like a weird feeling or something. You would just have a strange sensation or a feeling that you were in danger. You had a couple of those. Well, one time I think I saw the dark man, which was, was really freaking Was creepy. Verona ever with you on those? Also, I'd like to hear more about that, but oh uh, yeah that's well she was with me when I think I saw the dark man. I don't I mean, I don't know what Did the she heck. react like, in like a in a way no. where she perceived that same thing that you were feeling oh when i just like sent stuff um yeah i don't really know uh there were only a few times like that i think the one <laughs> it's not so weird the one time when i saw the ufo <laughs> they didn't yeah, see of it course. of course you know yeah yeah so that didn't bother <laughs> but then okay. um, that time really freaked me out um and then uh so yeah, I don't know about the other times, but the one time where I think I, I think I saw that I, I mean I don't know what it was. I it was probably just a guy, but all I remember is like all I can remember is he was just very like dark. I don't even know if he was wearing dark clothes. Like that's just all I remember is like like all I can remember at this point was like if someone was just like kind of almost all in black or something, just this very dark presence. But I remember I was jogging, it was when I would run with her and I, I went to run at night and we were running back and literally would freak me out because I would kind of look at my feet anyway when I was running. I don't know why I just watched where I was going. And she was at she was in front of me a little bit. And then the weirdest part was she didn't even see the guy. Like I literally did not see the guy until he was probably maybe five feet in front of me. And then all of a sudden I just like jerked back because I almost ran into him. And then she freaked out too because she didn't see him either until he was just like all of a sudden there. It was yeah. that's what that was the weirdest part is that she didn't even see him. And then she just kind of like I think was so freaked out as well that she didn't i mean she she was not never like an aggressive dog anyway she probably would have ran behind me and hid if she was, she was that scared and then this guy like he didn't say a word to me at all like just slowly just walked by me and then i i didn't even turn around i just kept running i was like this is the creepiest thing ever you probably I was ran like, a sorry. little bit faster yeah i said i said something to him because i was like sorry man or something like that and he just like i think he just looked me right in the eyes but didn't say a word and just slowly walked on by and then i was just like oh my god this guy's gonna murder me mm. um do you think there was something spiritual about him like a spiritual being or do you think he was just a man that's why i wonder if it was a dark man like the dark man's like a thing it's like this this figure this, this encounter people have with like that's just what they call him it's like a at different times in I've their lives it. and i've heard i've heard they actually a lot of times people encounter him on a road or like at a crossroads or something like that. So it's just even stranger that he was in the middle of the road and I uh, ran into him. But oh, in I mean, the middle of the road? 
No, well, it was like I was on the shoulder of the road because I was running a lot, kind of along the side of a highway, not a very busy highway. And it was at night. Um, yeah, but it, it was like dark out. It's just really strange. And I never, I mean, where I lived, I mean, it was very, there's not, there's this extremely small population. So it's just kind of weird. I don't know, but it could have just been a guy, but it's just weird that it's just walking down the road in the middle of the night. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that, and there was, when I first bought my house, she would bark at this one corner in the wall where I was like, stop it. I know there's a ghost. He's in the corner. It's not a round, it's not a round curve. There's a ghost there. But if, that would freak me out so much because she would just sit in the living room and look at the corner of the wall and just bark and bark and bark. And you might have thrown it in the wall. I don't, I don't know. Could, maybe, I don't know. My I think it was a ghost. Like, I think I think if it was a rodent, she would have been over there sniffing around because she usually did stuff like that. But I don't know. Could it could have been? I don't know. There definitely there definitely was stuff in my house though when I first bought it though because that wasn't the only thing that like happened. But um, yeah, so I think dogs pick up. I've heard that with a lot of stuff though. Dogs can pick up on spiritual stuff like that. I've heard some of them can even pick up on like uh, illnesses. But I don't know if it's necessarily illnesses, or maybe that's related to spiritual stuff as well. If it's like certain illnesses that are more spiritual, but I don't know. You know, I just had a, a realization, and it's something I need to be in, honest with myself with here is that I think most of the time it's not really the dogs I have to take issue with. A lot of times it's the owners, right? <laughs> it's the people who own the dogs. Because I had some bad experiences when I when I lived in Fall River which is where Emerald Legazzi is from, in case you're wondering. You know, bam, the guy. Uh, the guy. I still don't know. <laughs> don't know yeah. Emerald Legazzi? You did Do that cool hand thing. Bands. It's still not coming. Yeah, Almost know. got it. One more time. Wait, one more time. Yeah. Maybe one or two. Bam. Yeah. Oh, I, I, know. I know who you're talking about. I get Emerald it. Legazzi. Yeah, of yeah. course. That guy with the hand. Okay. The guy with the spices. Well, anyway, he's Portuguese. There's a lot of Portuguese people in Fall River. So Fall River, um, right outside of Providence. Um, so anyway, yes, we lived in this crappy apartment. And the reason we ended up where there is because we had a cat, actually. When we left our first apartment, we couldn't find one in our current town where that was cheap enough and that had that house cats. So then we found this one. And it, it appeared to be nice, but there was a lot of sinister stuff going on in the insides. First of all, it was a really old building. A lot of structural issues, a lot of rodent issues and ant issues. Like we, we moved in in like early spring. So like it was late, midish, midish, early spring. And so it was still cold out and we didn't have to, didn't have any rodents or anything in there. But then summertime came and just everything went downhill. We only lived there for about five months because the last month we were there it was infested with fleas from, because they had tons of dogs. In the apartment oh. building so it got into our room and the cat got fleas on her and <clears throat> she was infested it was awful it was horrible it was one of like yeah, that's... the worst trying times of my life because we had a kid too it was when brooklyn was not even one that's right so yeah <clears throat> so anyway the dogs would pee in the elevator they'd poop everywhere outside they'd never clean it up there's no accountability it was just like really just a rough experience and then like dogs would just do stupid stuff like eat baby diapers like why the heck are you eating baby diapers and just like make a mess everywhere and you know luke you know you have a, ba- you have a kid the, the baby diaper is full of like this gelatinous stuff 
that like turns it just explodes if you if you rip it open it just explodes into little gel dots everywhere and it's impossible to clean up and my wife's parents stupid dog would like get into the trash and take out the baby diapers and just rip it and it would spill everywhere like a little uh water absorbent thing so I just hated dogs so much, so much hatred. It was really a time where, like, I'm not a hateful person, but I had a lot of hatred for dogs in that period of time. And I think a lot of it had to do with the situation going on. I need to be honest. And, uh, yeah, what I, my experiences at the time. Also, the other thing with dogs, is they tend to smell bad. Why do they smell bad? I feel like they always smell bad. I've never found a good smelling dog. Maybe my, my sister's dog is pretty smell, smells pretty good. Her two dogs, but they always have this weird, like, wet dog smells in the background, <clears throat> and then they make the room smell weird, and then they do these farts that stink. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot they of problems. They do these farts the that stink. <laughs> <laughs> My dog did fart. Yeah, yeah she Verona did. <laughs> was a very gassy dog. She would, she would. Especially when she'd go up the stairs. Sometimes she'd just... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... Well, I- Shifted her hips a certain way. Flat one. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's fair. I guess they, my they, point they is like eat weird stuff. Cats. Cats tend to be kind of more libertarian sphere, a more free will. Um, you know, I'm my own person. They kind of, they kind of, um, you know, stand up to the man in that way, where they kind of just ignore the man in a lot of ways, do whatever the heck they want. <clears throat> where dogs are more like loyal sheep in the system and. But a lot of the problem is dogs' owners. So then, then we have this issue of classism, I think, that arises between dogs and cats. Um, cats are kind of, I think, bourgeoisie, and dogs, dogs are the sheep that run the factories and whatnot. Because cats, what do cats do? They live in your house for free, and they eat your food for free, and they do nothing for you. You know, they, they basically, the cat owns the house, go wherever the heck they want, any crevice or corner. It's all theirs. And, um, you know, they're running the roost. Whereas dogs are just like your slave. They'll do whatever the heck you want them to most of the time. <laughs> Until they like go crazy. It's called loyalty. It's, it's called loyalty. <laughs> yeah. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah. So nah, maybe, I don't know. maybe I'm thinking like the cats in some ways are a subversive force in society, sticking it to the man, whereas dogs are continuing the rat race. They continue to spin the gears of the system, you know? They're not raging against the machine. So I guess that's my spiel. Um, the socio, socio-geopolitical, socio I don't know. I don't know what you call that. Sociology, maybe. Sociological side of cats and dogs. Analogy, metaphor. Yeah, personality. Did. Temperament. I just... um. I hold the opinion that cats are um, cats are tripping twenty four seven, like they're just they're in an altered state of consciousness. Uh, well, well, I mean, they're obviously they're a different species, but like even within their cat consciousness, it it would be reminiscent to or or, or akin to like what a psychedelic trip would be for a human. Or like um, maybe maybe uh, they're they're closer to the unconscious or something. 
could see that. You have you convinced me. Why do you say I that? Mean, cats. Like, they're, they're weird, man. My mom's cat is just weird. One second, she'll just be like super nice, come up, and then the next second, you just watch her eyes, and all of a sudden, they all go black, and you're just like, oh my god, she's gonna do something crazy all of a sudden, and so then she do does. Think, so like, do you what? think that cat is closer to the unconscious and is and knows something that you don't, or is experiencing absolutely. something that you absolutely that you can never, or do you think it's random? Well, I don't know. I I'm. I can, I can only speak anecdotally and guess here. I'm, of I course. Can, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know what? you want a scientific you know? <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, with, I think so. Um, my my pers- Watching my cat, Bones, which has been the best cat I've ever had, um she's mostly outdoors um but never strays outside of the yard really like she'll she'll take a few adventures here and there but um when you uh i think it's when you uh, spay spay or neuter a cat early enough they actually don't roam nearly as far um so I don't know. We did everything right with this cat. Um, It's just, I've, I love cats and I've really never had a bad cat except for one that we adopted, basically rescued because a person didn't want it anymore. And that cat was named Frankie. And that cat was vindictive and pissed on a pile of laundry that I brought upstairs. Like no sooner after I turned around and turned back, the cat was staring at me on top of that pile of laundry pencil. And at that moment, it was done. Uh, like I'm bringing this cat, and I'm 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 committing this cat to the asylum or something. They actually did a like a psychological evaluation on the cat at the Humane Society. And they deemed the cat ill-suited for a home. Interesting. So no wonder this person needed me to rescue it. Because if this was the behavior the cat was exhibiting for the previous owner, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. So anyways, um, I don't know how I got on that. But the, my my current cat, she sees things that I, I mean, it it's just seems clear to me that she sees things that I don't see. Um, and is interacting with the world differently. And I wish I had like a better way of saying it because it's really not, I'm not necessarily noticing like, I, I think she's just in tune with potentially like, even like the um, elemental beings or like uh, nature spirits that I'm, I'm not into or something like that. What's that? Yeah. Oh, I have to go eat. Oh, okay. Thanks for hopping on here. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Everyone make blackout poetry out of stuff that you're intimidated of. Okay. That's a really good idea. What's blackout uh, poetry? That's what I had to ask too. Uh, could you explain? It looked like kind of like reverse highlighting or something. Right? It's like anti-literature. You cross out all the stuff you don't like. Oh, but, yes. That's fun. Yeah. You're also creating... 
you're selecting basically what could be a coherent um, set of uh, lines from, um, like you're, you are creating something coherent out of it. And yeah. what Abigail was doing is actually rerouting the, the theology that was like detrimental to her psyche at an early age into, into something beautiful through yeah. that process. So. so Luke, I want to keep grilling you on, on cats being in touch with nature spirits because I completely agree. But you're doing <laughs> just... a good job at do you think it's just cats or do you think it's all animals? Because I was <sighs> as you were talking about that, because there's definitely like a rhythm and a heartbeat to the earth and the way that animals interact and the way that frogs know to bury themselves before a rainstorm days before a big one and birds know to fly south right like what's that about what do you think that what do you think that is yeah like like barnyard animals getting all in it and the only way we know is because we we've we've tried we've domesticated these animals but we brought them in but they still have these like instincts and like barnyard animals going crazy before a storm or whatever. yeah yeah i knew i knew one uh story i don't know it well enough to like share in detail but basically the this guy's dog uh was being super weird the whole evening before he had a heart attack and died and people recognized that the dog was acting unusually strange stuff like that that happens all the time yeah yeah take this cat out Oh yeah, she's a beaut, a real beaut. What's her name? Her name is Pepper, technically. Her legal name is Pepper. Pepper. Look how chill she is, though. So, so Luke, I also got to say, um, a nickname of mine when I was really little was actually Bones as well. So, <laughs> you're doing good on the cat naming. That's a cool nickname. It what? is. I know. I can't. That's a really back. good nickname. I'll call you Bones. Bones. I don't think I'm skinny. There's Pepper, so. but I just call her Kitty. I say Kitty, Kitty, yeah. no. Um. Yeah, there's yeah! a in Fantasties. It mentioned that as well, but the the fairies pick picking this the sparks out of the cat's back. Um. On certain yeah, days in, or interacting like with it, making it jump, right? Like, yeah, because those times, like when the cat just senses something you don't sense, and it just darts off. And it's like just that my mom's cat does that. I was like, you're just sitting there and all of a sudden she's just running around the room and you're like, what the heck is happening? It's the fairies pulling the sparks they, out of it. After they poop, a lot of times after they poop, they just like bolt away. <laughs> you ever heard of that? <laughs> it's, like, it's like poop scares that they have. Like I I gotta be honest, I do the same thing. <laughs> you run away as run away as fast as you can. No kitty, no, stay with me. No. John, I'm still thinking about your question because Yeah, what do you think? Just bouncing it off of you. Yeah. I I don't I I don't know. And and I even as I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's just like and I think it's because I have uh trouble discerning um the like I'm still I'm not, I, it doesn't feel like I'm living in that, um, that like submerged reality, 
where I'm experiencing those things. So I can only like speculate. Um, there's times where maybe I am, but it's certainly clear. Yeah. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's certainly clear to me that like, um, okay. So here's a weird one too. Like I became obsessed with, um, nut hatches because so we've got like the white breasted nut hatch and the red breasted nut hatch here. Huh. So last winter I was like super into them and watching them all the time, binoculars out, yada, yada. And then um, my cat would occasionally like mix a sparrow here and there, but she, it was always sparrows. Right. And then like one day she killed this nuthatch this beautiful tiny red-breasted nuthatch um and brought it to the sliding glass door which is right next to me and laid it there um and at first i was like really upset it's like like why would you kill this is horrible like of all the birds that you kill like in domestic house cats are like the number one cause of um uh calling bird populations in the united states or or i think it's even in in the western world or whatever across the world globe i i probably i don't know but um there's a there's a reason why i'm saying this um she brought that nut hatch to the door and i was able to pick it up in my hand and like observe this nut hatch in like at <laughs> at like this proximity that I otherwise would never have experienced. And it was like she knew about my obsession mm. I feel like, with uh nut hatches and and brought me one. You know, and you could could toss that away with coincidence because like, you know, uh as my obsession with nut hatches grew i could i researched the correct suet to put outside so that it could attract more nut hatches and so the population of nut hatches increased and so then i i uh it was there was a greater likelihood that she was going to kill one eventually but like everything about it just seemed you know kind of yeah kind of eerie and uncanny and yeah what was otherwise kind of morbid was also just like like my morbid curiosity like i'm here i am holding this dead bird that was still just like super fascinating and then i ended up like burying it in the backyard <laughs> did that did the significance of that hit you at the time or was it not until later it was not until like thinking about it in retrospect that's really cool yeah so yeah uh, what else though like that i feel like i can only talk about it in like that anecdotal way um or like through through the ex the experience of or, or perhaps a story because i don't know how to like analyze it like really jason you got anything well i was gonna ask i don't know if it's directly related or not um would you say that the cat is almost uh, having a cat I was about to say is kind of like an extension of yourself but that's kind of the wrong way to put it I guess um I, I don't know maybe that's not the wrong way to put it would you say 
like when C.S. Lewis, uh, when he lost his wife, he said the loss of a loved one is like the like an amputation. Would you say like something like that? Like you, your relation having this relationship with the cat, you're so like intricately connected that somehow, whatever, uh, telepathically, subconsciously, you're picking up on, you know, it brought you this bird or something. But you had such a strong bond with the cat that it was kind of almost like an extension of yourself oh my I don't know God. if that's the right way to say it well I don't know if you're asking me but I do have another story I could share where um when I was out in Spokane really depressed I remember watching all the skins like skins UK do you remember that that show you guys remember that show no no okay I feel oh, like I should like I feel like I should too. Teen drama, it's like sex, drugs, like kind of like grunge '90s, but like fast forward. It did How did a, I miss this, it, dude? It's it's actually really good. You'd I've never even it. heard of it. Yeah. Where was it on MTV? Skins UK. It's got Dev oh, Patel in it. He was yeah. the Green Knight. Oh no, kid. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh. But my cat Topher, well Topher. Um, he fluffed out really nice, beautiful cat. Reminds me a lot of Bones. Um, and then that cat, like, it was so weird. Like, I would just take him and, like, sit him next to me on the couch. And he would literally have, like, his legs out on the couch, like the human, and just kind of, like, have his paws sitting there. And he'd, like, rest his back on the back of the couch. And he'd just, like, he'd watch an entire episodes as I'm, like, binging this tv show with me. like it, like it was like my companion yeah. like just he was there with me in a way that like no human was like i did have a good a good friend um wes martin and he was like uh he was he was my roommate for a short period of time he was he was one of the people that really helped me out during that time was just the kind of person that was just there didn't need to didn't need to necessarily uh like hey let's go do something no he's like yeah let's binge watch eight hours of the show you know yeah so do you think that if that cat had died do you think you would have felt like you were losing an appendage that is oh gosh i'm trying to figure out the best way to say this separate from you or do you think that cat for you felt like an appendage because it was where you placed a lot of, you said you were very depressed and it would just sit there with you it was a it was a part of you it was the part of you that could be vulnerable and sad and sit there and watch tv did if that cat died yeah. would you feel like you're losing that part of you kind of like that outlet or like a separate entity does that make sense did it was yeah. it more to you than a vessel of a way to kind of superimpose the way that you thought about life does that make sense yeah I so. no i i, I think, think it does i'm right? probably having trouble maybe understanding it entirely but at like because I don't think it, I, I think there was a way in which that cat was very much a separate entity for me, but yeah. there was a way in which that cat um, was uh, 
like it, the way it made me feel and the way it comforted me, it was like, it, it was so, it, it was, I was attached to it and it seemed attached to me yeah. and because of like this, um, intimacy that we shared on a level that yeah. was like tacit, you know, it was, a, it, there was no articulation between, it's not like we yeah. were having like a discourse together, you know, right. it was like, uh, it was completely sub conscious, you know, or no, maybe for, or unconscious, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you talk to him. Yep. That's why I'm saying the, the purest language is humility, because if you got that, you can even talk to animals. You can talk to anything. You can talk to trees. You can talk to whatever you want, if you're just going to be humble enough to listen. You can talk to anything. So do you, have you experienced this with your raccoon, Jason? Uh, I haven't seen that raccoon in a while. What do you mean, though? Like a connection? Well, I even listened to um, your conversation with, um, is it, is, uh, her name way yeah um yeah and it was interesting to hear you hear you talk about animals in general and just that connection that i suppose it takes a certain kind of i don't want to say effort but openness to receive and then all of a sudden maybe these encounters that otherwise may would you would never experience start start taking place in your life like a uh, uh, relationship with the raccoons developed or or you yeah yeah it's so weird yeah that's really strange that's a good question uh yeah we man it would be great to fire up another conversation with her at some point and ask her more about it because when i was talking with her she was talking about the words she used were very like religious words but she's talking about like setting out offerings uh for the animals she would call them mm -hmm. offerings and it was basically just putting out food for the the woodland critters to come and eat and stuff um but it's almost but it is an offering like it's your bread it's your food and you're giving it to like mother nature or mother nature's children in a way and then that's opening up more space for you to commune with nature and with mother nature but even at like I don't think I've gotten in a different space, but there was like around that time, it was around the same time with the raccoon and everything. And uh, you just, I remember even myself, like just, you know, feeding the raccoon every night, you experience more of a, uh, the only way to describe it is maybe like a shalom with just nature in general. And then you're mm -hmm. out and then the trees are, uh, it's just like a peace that you never noticed before and that's when i was kind of in the signal chat i was mentioned you mentioned your garden and i was like it's a green chapel and because like there'll be times where i'm out walking and i'm like oh this is this is church like this is the most holy ground i could be standing on right now yeah and it's literally like being in the presence of angels it's really really strange and the veil gets super thin like you were talking about and uh and there's there, i remember there was times where i'd be out walking and it was during that time with the raccoon stuff but there were multiple things that would happen i'd just be out and it I don't want to sound too mystical like it wasn't like strange but I remember one time I was walking and this deer was just like right off the trail and it just stopped and just stood there and looked at me and just watched me as I walked by like didn't even try to run away it was the weirdest thing and I was probably like 50 feet from it maybe and just like as I just kept walking by it just watched me the whole time and I'm like 
and I was like waved at it <laughs> like what is happening right now like it was just really weird like that I mean you wouldn't say like oh this deer sensed that I didn't want to hurt it it was just like it was this weird interconnectedness with like nature or something it's very very odd and wake would probably know more about it because I think she actually does it more um and it's yeah. very it sounds very pagan and very strange but and it probably is pagan but I'm like I don't care I freaking love it it's it's great um but yeah there was just a lot of uh it was uh, definitely for like a, a few months and I I mean I don't think it's like changed because I haven't changed like at all like I mean it's not like uh but I mean I, those those things haven't happened as much I guess you could maybe even call them synchronicities or something mm-hmm. but I mean if you're like the type of person who's gonna like just intentionally litter and things like that and you know just uh, like then I think your your interconnectedness with nature around you wouldn't wouldn't yeah. be there and it's probably I mean it's probably two-way I, I don't know how it works but obviously if they're you have a disregard I shouldn't say disdain. I was about to say disdain but a disregard for things like that then you're just just yourself isn't going to be conscious aware so you're not going to be drawing out and it's not going to be calling you like I really think yeah. there's kind of a weird communion going on and things like that but uh yeah I don't know you know how Jesus Jesus would spend a lot of time in solitude in nature out in the wilderness right mm-hmm. you had to wonder you have to wonder what was he doing out in the wilderness I don't think he was just sitting there meditating and praying with his clothes on eyes closed yeah i think he was probably walking around nature probably looking at the beautiful creation he made he's like oh yeah i remember making that oh yeah i remember how i did <laughs> you know maybe yeah. and, and just like probably just <laughs> absorbing the beauty there's something really healing and powerful and mystical about just beauty yeah. and you have that concept of the good the beautiful the true it's something transcendent beauty is transcendent it's like it, it, it is in the eye of the beholder in a lot of ways too like one thing can be beautiful to one person and not to another. There's something individual, individualized to it. Um, but it was funny. I was scrolling through and came across um, Psalm 7, and it kind of reminded me of what you were saying, John. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, oh, Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. Save you from all my pursuers. And deliver me, lest like a lion they tear my soul apart and rend, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. I love all the kid, kitten pieces. <laughs> all the kittens! Yeah, no, there's the a verse pieces. in a... Gosh, what verse is it? There's another verse where it talks about taking a lamb from a lion. It says you walk away with just like a piece of an ear or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember where it is. Yeah. yeah, they're ferocious. Don't mess with cats. Yeah. But there's a... um you've said you've had those experiences right john just like that weird shalom state or something oh yeah man where the veil gets super thin yeah um i'll share a little bit about that then i gotta go i have an early morning tomorrow it's 10 right, 30 yeah um i probably can't hang out too much longer i don't know either. man there's definitely something there and i'd love to talk about it more uh i was i was reading about um the american indians actually um this was a couple months ago but I found it interesting that like the civilizations that thrived all throughout human history were the ones that took the approach of like living in shalom with the land instead of trying to conquer it. Um, and if you meant, you know, I'm, I'm big into hiking and camping and stuff. And there's really like two philosophies people tend to take when they're outside for long amounts of time. Like Peter, you were saying, I wonder what Jesus did. 
I'm sure he was, you know, at peace with the creation because the two philosophies are either nature is wild and dangerous and I have to control it so that it doesn't hurt me or I have to roll with the punches and be nice to it and it will give back to me. Those are kind of the two approaches I see often. Um, and I think it's in the latter where I've had those weird, I mean, maybe paganistic, it's not really paganistic, but it's like a Zen-like experience where it's like in that moment, you know, even the rocks will cry out to God. And it's like everywhere you look, you see everything pointing to, pointing to yeah. the top. Um, yeah. And uh, those 19, are the moments when I'm the most right? in awe. Psalm 19, Psalm 8. Um, you know, who am I that you created me and you put the stars in a place like those moments where those words actually really sink in uh, yeah. are some of the best. So, yeah, I've definitely had those experiences. But with that, I want to tap out and go to bed. Good night, guys. Peace, Peace, Peace closing Peace statement. Bear. See you. Thank you. See you, man. Bye, doctor. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we oh, should yeah. play close. Yeah, play a closing song, and then we'll we'll go. All right, I can play you a song. It's getting late, anyways. Yeah. Let's see. What do you want to hear? I want. Oh, I think um, I got a. I have some really. What do you? What did you say, Luke? I want that. I want no. that one. About. That one that sounded like Justin Timberlake. That. <laughs> I'm the fire. Fire? No, it was like your old experimental stuff. Oh, oh, um, I'm a real naughty hottie. But I don't think you I'm can do that on the. Yeah, my voice is in the side. I hear my child yeah. screaming upstairs, unfortunately, but I can come back momentarily after I assess the situation. Yeah. Okay. Keep, okay. keep the conversation. All right, we'll wait for you. For Man, there's just so many stories. Yeah, we should. So, I like this. I like just stitch you sharing stories back and forth. I like hearing all yours too. I've got yeah. a lot of them. You want to share another one before we go? Well, I was just thinking about um, in high school, uh, I, I had a best friend named Caleb, and, and he's still my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. He lives up in Alaska now. Um, but we started this like club, right? Um, and it was called Los Lobos. And we <laughs> we all got like wolf tattoos on our bodies. Like here's mine. Like nice. Caleb has a Caleb has a matching one on his peck. And then there was like six other members and they all got tattoos. So like that was the initiation. Um, so pause but, real I mean, quick. Have you heard the song Blitz and Trapper called Fur? I'll have to send it to you if you have Trapper? it. By Blitz and Trapper. No. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. You'll, you'll dig it. If you got a wolf tattoo. My sister has a wolf tattoo because of this song. It's like her favorite <laughs> no. song. Yeah. Natalie. Yeah. Hey, I've talked to her before. Anyway, sorry. Go I, ahead. Um, I, I was actually, I think they were at Lollapalooza in 2010 when I was there. So I think I caught a couple songs. But I might not be. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But um, that's funny. Uh the uh didn't mean no no i was trying to think like because caleb he wrote up an entire constitution because it was just like this what it was a it was a brotherhood 
and he started developing a language like we a Santo Wallo. Um, I can't, I, I still have it in my, in my head because it was like the mantra for the whole group. And we had like all these plans of like eventually living together and like having property and building a long lodge and all this stuff. And like, there was a serious authenticity to it, but there was a few like tenants, like, so we did this thing called natural graffiti. Um, and natural graffiti could be as simple as like building a bridge over a creek or um, we, I, there's this one area in the woods where we just like, here we are like eight, you know, 17, 18, 19, but we are not, no, as younger than that, 16, 17, 18, probably, maybe it's probably formed. So this was like a good three, four, maybe three or four year period um, before it just kind of devolved. But we had forts all around, like different areas where nice. we had forts. And so you could go like hike out into this specific area and we'd have a fort out there, have this have a fort over here. Um, the things you wrapping, do in your sober. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and then we'd wrap vines around a tree and make like a vine wall. That's and, like, yeah, there's just like, and we called that natural graffiti. So it was like, and honestly, we thought we were like vigilantes because of this, like, we're not going out and doing real graffiti. We're going to do natural graffiti, you know. Or nice. That's I don't know why I'm so telling you all this, but um, yeah, it was just, we, it was very much this like con connected to the earth, like, I don't know, sort of thing. But like, that's there was, and there was a lot of like, and uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but like, you know, one of the, I remember having my first beer in uh, this cave that we built. So like it had these, it was called the man cave. Um, <laughs> and there was, we had like boards on top, like three quarter inch plywood, but like this thing was like probably eight feet deep eight by eight by six or so and yeah. so like you could fit three or four people down in there and we would um uh we'd go down in there and we'd like we'd smoke um this sounds crazy but we'd like harvest yarrow and then we'd take a bunch of like other herbs and make our own like kinnikinnik is like a tip is like a traditional um blend of tobacco and other herbs for what uh, is yarrow yarrow's it's um it's a flower and i can't remember the flower formation uh that it forms but it's like a ton of little micro flowers it's kind of like queen anne's lace or okay um, what did you use it for we dry it out and then we'd smoke it is it like um, it's do you get high or in a pipe no no, not at all. It was just, just like, for fun. Yeah, it was like smoking herbs and oh, okay. uh, and it, instead of like tobacco or like yeah. we'd mix it with tobacco or something like that. But instead nice. of it just like smoking, yeah, yeah I don't know. And then uh, there's a he had a mouse like a pet mouse down there. I don't even know. Like what did That's we fun. do? What did we talk That's about? Fun. What did we? I don't even. I don't even remember like Man. why this occurred, but it did. And 
It's just that's just what you do, man. I miss those times. I'm getting some nostalgia. Yeah. Did you have a? I didn't have like a big group of friends. I was homeschooled most of my life uh, up until high school. Then, um, around high school, I think my best friend I used to have before that moved away to Delaware, and so it was kind of. I don't remember really having a lot of people I hung out with a whole lot. And then when I did, it was kind of uh, at that point, I think you know, kind of playing video games or something like that. But before that, I, mean, I remember we, me and my friend Chris, well, I mean, we're still kind of friends now. He lives far away, though, so I don't talk to him very much anymore. But he, uh, we would spend all day like at Skoda Creek and just hang out at like down at the creek. And we'd, I could still do that. Like I literally could. If I was around a creek, I could sit there and look for crawdads all day long. Like that's what we do, and we catch them. We'd have action figures. We'd lose all our action figures in the creek, and it was just—it was so much. Try to—I mean, see a snake, you try to grab it. It's just like—I don't know. It's yes, so much fun, dude. Yeah, yeah. We we would go to. Um, we had this place called the Dam, and it had this like huge spray painted graffiti piece that said "Locals Only." And I remember going there as like a young person and being terrified. But later, it became like a place that we go. We became those locals and it was like we that little area was deep and it was loaded with creek chubs and so we'd go down there and we just Wait, what is this chub. it's a, a it's a yeah it's a creek and it was loaded with creek chubs and we what's like, a creek chub though i don't know what the... oh uh it's a fish oh okay so that's about yay long and uh, i've never heard that we'd chub. like we'd got we'd got chopped the head off and got them uh we'd catch like 30 40 of them you know yeah. like whatever and we'd bring them back and we'd cook the, we'd like smoke them that's over fun. fire that's <laughs> fun. and then we'd just nice. eat them that's and so cool it was just shit like that you know and yeah yeah that's fun salmon yeah. would come into that creek and we'd just like try to catch them with our bare hands <laughs> like we, i remember I caught the same salmon. I just kept releasing it and then I'd re-catch it and then I'd release and it's just like it was already like half dead anyways, but it's like why did I <laughs> but it was so much fun. It was like yeah. <laughs> torturing yeah, that that stuff. yeah, that was like my childhood too. It was just all outside, just catching bugs, catching catching lizards. When I lived in Florida, it was we catch a lot of lizards all the time too. And yeah, it was fun. I don't even know if I can do that now. They're so quick. I'm like, how did I catch these things when I was little? You just grab them. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Quick reflexes. Yeah. I remember I had a pet alligator for a little, a short little while. And then my dad had to go release it because it was a little illegal. Yeah. It was a baby oh, one because we lived in, when we lived in Florida, my grandmother's, I kind of grew up around my cousins and stuff. And so my grandmother's house, she lived on the lake house though. And so there were always gators in the water, you know, but we'd swim anyway. Like you just don't think about it when you're there. And then one time we went out in the canoe, it was me and my dad and my oldest sister. And he just, my dad's freaking nuts. He's just paddling the boat. And so he sees a, a gator's nest. And so he just rams the canoe up like, like near it. And like, they just went flying everywhere. And so like, he just grabbed some and put them in a bucket. I probably shouldn't be saying this now that I'm thinking about it. And then, and then we went and like gave, released them later, but I don't think there was because the lake, like where it was and there were houses around it. I don't think there, 
once the gators got so big, I think they would come and try to get them out anyway. So I don't know if the mom was even there. I'm not sure, but I don't know. All right. You're going to close this out with a song, I guess. Let's hear it. And no sunshine when she's gone. It's hot one when she's away. And no sunshine when she's gone. But she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Yeah. Good old Will Bithers. Will good. Withers. I'll play you um, some original thing. Uh, original thing. What's, what, are you, what are you saying, Luke? Uh, I, this will, never mind. I, I was going to say, do you guys remember that place in the, in the Bible where Samson uh, tied the tails of 300 foxes together and lit them on fire? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty badass. About? <laughs> a lot know. of animal stories in the Bible, aren't there? there really is. the bears. Isn't there a Me, the with, bears, me yeah. Without You song about that? Yeah. No? The bears the fox in the vineyard. Yeah, the foxes. Oh, the Soviet. The Soviet mentions that part. Catch the rest of the foxes in the vineyard. The little foxes. The song is called The Soviet, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's all about, I mean, Aaron Weiss was very hard on himself when it came to like adultery and pornography and lust and whatnot. He was very self-deprecating in those songs. So to him, the foxes were like his lust for this girl. Catch the foxes in the vineyard before they spoil it, you know? Yeah. I think it's what it is, like, like the sin. They represent sin. Yeah. Very interesting. But, um, yeah, I got, I got some really cool songs that I'm excited. I'm going to be recording over the next year or so, hopefully. I want to be able to release them in the fall, next fall. So we'll see. I, I'm thinking about doing like a some sort of crowdfunding campaign for that. But anyway, um, I think I got, got, I can think of a song that I think you guys want to like. It's kind of based loosely off of Job a little bit. Um, there's some, some Job stuff in there. I don't know if, if you guys, I mean, oh, you guys both have ear things in, so you don't have to worry about the echo thing, because that can be an issue um, in the recording-wise. But um, yeah, this song is called, Fool well, for the running, working title for now is called Foolish Son. All right. But it's basically about faith and doubt, and, um, and then the first verse is man or me or as a skeptic and the second voice is God. You'll hear that. But it's kind of like how God comes out, out of the, the whirlwind and responds to Job and like, who are you? Where were you when I made the foundations of the earth? Can you tell me where the, are you the one who like places the boundaries of the sea, you know, or whatever? Do you have the storehouses of snow and et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. And Job's just like, I'm a dead man. Kill me. He's like, nah, man, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> I don't understand that story. Well, it's really, it's really about Jesus. He's the suffering servant. He's the Job. That's what I've heard that kind of blew my mind. There's a really cool, 
um, Tim Mackey's sermon that I heard. Tim Mackey's the guy from the Bible Project. He has some really great sermons, and one of them was about Job and how it's it's tied into the whole concept of the Emmaus way of reading scripture, right? That um, Jesus unlocked, unveiled their minds so that they could understand what the, what the whole scripture was about. He's like, by the way, the scripture's always been about me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, everything you've read, it's about me. And they're just like, what? So, I mean, if we have to take that lens in, towards scripture, then... How is Job about Jesus? Well, he's the suffering servant, and his and his and his suffering leads to the blessing of many people. So that's anyway. This thing's called foolish son. Who you say you are, then where are you now? Look among the woodlands, no creature can be found. The match is your description. You should be tall, taller than the mountains. Should be wide, wider than the oceans. Should be there. I cannot explain it with long arms and the universe in his hands, but I can't see it anyway. Pain still reigns here. We despair if your love is true. It's crushed my soul to find you like I'm chasing after the wind. Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? When I gave the ocean's borders and the thunderbirds, you weren't even breathing. You were dust. And from the dust you came, and I breathed life. The ordinary plane of existence cannot contain the breath and width and height of my vast power. But you're not listening. Listen. You're not patient, you're on the run. If you open up, I can give you wisdom like a father gives gifts, like a mother gives love. Freedom is righteous, the gift is love. Freedom is righteous, the gift is love. Freedom is righteous. The gift is love. Freedom is righteous. The gift is love.
That's good, man. That's good. Thank you. Thank you kindly. All right. I need like that here. one. Stranded here. Closing song. Stranded here. All right. You guys have a good night. Thanks for doing this. Get some sleep. What a trip. I'll have to give my story. Nature. Uh, peace, chitlins. <laughs>